0: This episode is brought to you by Tillet, the style leader in hospitality workwear and hotel and restaurant uniforms. Learn more at tilletnyc.com. Meet and three is back. We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home. Brooklyn.
1: Roberta's was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull It attracted all these different groups.
0: The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power, are mostly white, and we are... Trying to change that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president.
2: That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it.
0: Subscribe to meetin 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet. The show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Bretton Scott, and
2: me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! (laughs) Always. Life's a banquet. banquet,
1: life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a
2: banquet. One another,
1: consider it done.
2: Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible,
1: spreadable, and Breton. Horrible. And speaking of horrible, I'm pouring a cocktail into my mouth.
2: Oh, what kind? Actually, not know the- Don't tell the listeners yet what mm-hmm. kind we're drinking. This cocktail the of the day.
1: Welcome, everybody, in case you're just tuning in, uh, Zara Tangora and myself, Brett and Scott, uh, are two uh, world-famous global celebrities um, out to change the world, the slash. food media world of uh, cooking, drinking, and eating as we know it from this point forward.
2: Slash janitors here at Roberta's <laughs> Pizza.
1: Second job, no problem. Sl- yeah, slash volunteer whatever we can uh, make a buck on.
2: Does anyone need the back seat of your car
1: washed <laughs> yeah. out? I also am available. <laughs> <laughs> also available for um, house cleaning. Birthday for parties. Lawn mowing, birthday parties, accordion, <laughs> fake clown. What else do I do?
2: Honestly, like Every, if you were yeah. you if you were a birthday party clown, you'd probably absolutely crush it. I'm just saying.
1: But I'd be the sad birthday party clown that when he leaves he I, you know, has the tear in his eye. I
2: think that constantly. you would be the happy one, but you would also be the one that ended up like in the bathroom, perhaps like blowing the kid's dad.
1: Uh oh, th- like <laughs> All right. So anyway, moving forward from I'm not available anymore for Zara just Sorry, sabotaged my career. What's uh, going on
2: with you, Brad? What have you been cooking?
1: Well, this week, I actually I had a couple. It's, you know, it's starting to get nice. We're still in that shoulder season. Sure, there's some asparagus at the market here on the East Coast of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I made, you know, just... You know what? When vegetables first come out, I love to just eat them. You know what I mean? The new simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, what are you going to make with that? And I'm like, I'm going to... Steam some asparagus. I'm going to squeeze some lemon and butter on it, and that's it. Yeah. And I like to taste the purity of our of the spring, if you know what I mean. I do. I do <laughs> wank, know what you mean. And so
2: does that kid's dad. <laughs> that party. No, I agree with you. I feel the same way. Sometimes I'll even just get real crazy and just uh, nibble an asparagus raw.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, as as you probably know, ramp season has probably almost come and left. They're still yeah. there, but I'm kind of like... I'm a little ramped out.
2: Kind of like Ramp man. Right, do you guys know
1: what ramps are? Ramps are wild leeks. They look like they look like lilies of the valley. Yeah, Kinda, they, right? they <laughs> look
2: like Anne of Green Gables. And
1: the name does not match the leaf. You're like, ramp. Like, it sounds so unappetizing. Like, oh, let's have some ramp pasta. Exactly, like, yeah. I don't want to ramp.
2: It sounds like a dirty sex
1: act. Yeah, or like the wheelchair ramp. I
2: don't know what's wrong with me this morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I do.
1: <laughs> I, Therapist? I, yes, she's acting up. I, so... Oh. Yeah, no. What else did I make? Yesterday I had kind of an epic day. I was it was very sunny, but I was like I was determined to cook because I'm leaving for a few days uh, to throw a party for my uh, mother's seventieth birthday party. Fab. And so I have to prep for that, but I have to go to Milwaukee anyway. So I went through the fridge and I like kind of made everything. I made some tzatziki yesterday. Yum. I made uh, a blue cheese classic blue cheese dip, like buttermilk. Mm. I used Duke's mayonnaise. Hell yeah! I worked for Duke's mayonnaise a few weeks ago, and I. Oh. Apparently, it's very... I told a friend from Tennessee, I said, oh, I work for this silly little mayonnaise company I've never heard of called Duke. He's like, what? You worked for Duke's, man? He's like, that's better than Hellman's. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, hey. the Southerners have different ways of making laws, and they have different... (laughs) different (laughs) Everything is
2: upside down and right
1: side up. Well, speaking of different ways of making laws in the South, we uh, can turn our attention quickly to the chaos of what was the Alabama... uh, The... Abortion laws, right? Horrifying. And in lieu of that, (laughs) there was a bake sale going on Mm -hmm. uh, by... What's her name?
2: Natasha Pitzkowitz.
1: Pitskowitz. Pitskowitz. I can never say her last name. She's a uh, very well-known regard and very regarded pastry chef here in New York. She works at uh, the Estella Sister Restaurant Cafe, Ultra Paradiso. Mm -hmm. I
2: believe she's the pastry chef for the group.
1: Okay, for the whole group. And I went this morning, I thought I'd get an early, I was like, watch this. I'm going to hop on my bike. I'll get there right at 11 a.m. They were doing this Planned Parenthood bake sale. It's supposed to be really big this year, obviously. And I got there at like 1105 and i was about 400 people to wait in line yeah like i was the last of 400 people
2: that's crazy and thank thank goodness for that and like they're really, gonna raise a ton of money there's so much i mean so much more to say in this i have a little piece that i'd like to end the show kind of because it's a little bit somber so i'm gonna c- jump back to this later but it's awesome that she's doing this the whole group's doing it, all the participating restaurants we super salute you next year. We'd love to participate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really awesome. Amelia Hall, mm-hmm. our friend from Roberta's. She's the,
1: the lead Roberta's uh, bread baker. Yeah. She runs the bread program here at this restaurant in this radio station. Sarah, what did you make this week? Uh, I just wanted to oh, yeah, quickly sorry. mention
2: that Amelia made vagina cookies v- <laughs> and Breton. I went like- on
1: Instagram. I said, Amelia there. And she made the strangest shape of cookie. <laughs> it looked like a slit, <laughs> like an oval slit. And in the middle, there was a uh, red jam and on the outside, there's a Swiss meringue buttercream that looks like lips. What is that? Uh, it's like well, when you're a kid. Brett
2: yeah. and I, I, I had to sit him down and he, put him right on my knee. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, That's the That's, vagina. And he and goes, the, uh,
1: you, came, uh, <laughs> you came out of that. Just remember.
2: Oh, man. So, um, what did I make this week? Well, sitting in front of you is one thing that I made this week. And there's a funny story attached to it. So I've presented my dear friend Breton with a piece of rhubarb crumb cake. Mm, hold on, big crumb crumb cake. Now uh, Jesse and I were talking about the other night um, crumb cake and how delicious it is and when it has a big giant crumb on it. So yesterday I go to the farmers market, I get some rhubarb, I make this crumb cake, I set it out mm, to cool. That's good moist. Thank you. <laughs> it is pretty good, isn't it? Like that cookie. I didn't put cinnamon in it. I know you don't really like cinnamon and baked goods sometimes, so this is a cardamom and, like, nutmeg kind of crumble topping. Mm. So I lay this out to cool, and I kind of, like, think oh to my myself, gosh. I go, hmm, just one of those passing thoughts, and I find that those passing thoughts are the ones that actually always turn out to be true somehow. It's like you jinx yourself with a passing thought. You have to really concentrate yeah, like, on what, what you if you don't want I, it to Like,
1: what if I really did get fired from this favorite job I have? And then...
2: Exactly, yes. <laughs> you get
1: the pink slip. <laughs> ding,
2: ding. So... Anyway, I have and thought. Oh man, because I have squirrels on my back porch, and I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder if a squirrel's gonna smell this and try to get in. So I lay down for like a ten minute nap around like five p.m. The the cake is cooling, probably twenty feet from the window, and I hear. And I never nap either. So I, I happen to have napped yesterday. I was tired, never say never. And I hear in my kitchen. I was like, what the hell is that? It wakes me from my slumber. So I go into the kitchen and I find a squirrel has reached its fucking head and arm it is halfway through my screen almost in my chewed and clawed yeah
1: they will they will do that
2: with two other squirrels behind it ready to come inside so if i had waited like 30 more seconds i would have awoken to a home full of squirrels
1: Uh, chomping on your on your rhubarb crumb cake
2: eating my rhubarb crumb cake but anyway, it would have been an even funnier story. But I kept them out. I shut the window, and then this thing proceeded to keep trying to get in, slamming itself against. So the So, if everybody
1: wants to know the cure to lure squirrels in, <laughs> it's a rhubarb crumb <laughs> cake, but it has to have cardamom. Yeah. in. Yeah,
2: <laughs> no cinnamon. Nope. Squirrels hate cinnamon. I hate cinnamon.
1: So, yeah. Wait, we forgot to mention what we did. Our big oh, yeah. event of the week. Please. We forgot. We were first of all, we were very, honored, very um, honored to have been asked to be. By the way, Zara and I are up for uh, food judges. It's mm-hmm. so our third event. So if you'd like us to judge your food, your contest, we are there for you. Big, small, yeah. medium. We'll just
2: come to your house and be like, your dinner is a yeah, five yeah. out of ten. Yeah,
1: like uh, Aunt Susie's <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Your meatloaf
2: be- yeah, yeah. is trash. Goodbye.
1: Get it out of here. <laughs> you're fired
2: from your own house. Uncle
1: Jimmy, you're the winner from <laughs> New one. Your meatballs are the best. But So we were uh, invited to for the Red Hook Volunteer Firefighters Association. They had a chili cook-off. And I have to say... Not that I wasn't, I didn't have any expectation. I just didn't, I was like, oh, it's like non-cooks doing thing. But I found out that that's not true, that actually firefighters spend a lot of their time cooking. A lot. Because they spend a lot of time together, and they have a lot of downtime. And so a lot of the firefighters were like super pro cooks.
2: Super pro. Like
1: more pro than... Myself, I would yeah. dare to say. <laughs> a couple of guys, like one guy was on Chef, it was yeah. on like a TV show. I was like, whoa, you guys are the, and they were so proud of everything.
2: They were great. And it was, so it was the Friends of Firefighters, which is a great organization mm-hmm. that does a lot of outreach and support for firefighters that the city, what uh, what the city can't provide, Friends of Firefighters steps in. And I just thought it was such a warm, wonderful environment of these really kind people, diverse group of people, oh different God. ages, so, yeah, yeah. races, genders, Everything it was really like a cool, a uh, uh, wonderful kind of thing to see, and there was kids and families, and everyone was just seemed heartfelt and happy.
1: It was great, extreme positivity. A chili cook-off, and uh, man, man, did we have some good chili! The
2: green one won.
1: Yeah, there was a chili of chili verde, which is very common in Colorado and Utah and New Mexico. All that it's like you know green chili. Everybody in Colorado. So when I was in, lived in Colorado, that was kind of a new thing for me. So I was like, oh my God, yeah. it was really nice to have a taste of the old West.
2: Yeah, it was really good. So big ups to all the firefighters and to firefighters in general, I feel like they're just the the bravest people that we have around. Just yeah, I bank, mean. Selflessly throwing themselves into literally burning buildings. And
1: large and strapping men. Yeah. Just, and, gonna, <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. kind of
2: easy on the eyes. Yeah, yeah. If you're not <laughs> you know, know, what know what I'm saying? Saying? Right now. Hey, call me.
1: Yeah, I'm a clown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway,
2: Brett and I are drinking... Orange drinks right now with orange juice. I don't, neither of us really like what we're drinking, but we're doing it because.
1: Tequila. in case you haven't, guess the name of the show this week is Tequila. Tequila. Now, this is where I come in and tell you.
2: I'm sorry.
1: Tequila has such a strong emotional threshold for. A reaction, right? We could have we. We think of tequila. We think of col- we think of <laughs> drinking. Sorry, yeah, like <laughs> vomiting from Cuervo Gold, uh, salt licks on your hand, mm-hmm. lime squeezes, too many late nights. Uh, but of course, the tequila industry in the United States, anyway, has. Uh, I guess upped its ante and now there's such celebrities like George Clooney pawning his... Oh, yes. His uh, form, right? He sold it, so it doesn't even matter. I'm not even going to mention the name because...
2: Uh, Yeah, Casadores, No,
1: Casadores is the one we used to do shots of.
2: Oh, (laughs) perfect. See? Tequila. Tequila, you ruined my life. uh,
1: We've went beyond the world of Jose Cuervo. We've gone to Patron and now Patron's uncool. Then it was Don Julio and Don Julio's uncool. Um, you can always know by the the mentioning of certain rap songs. They always named the t- the popular yes, tequila. Yes, the popular time. tequila. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so now there's like Casa Dragones. That's like a big expensive one now. Casa
2: Amigos was George Clooney's. Casa Amigos. Or ER, va- ER, ER, the right, tequila.
1: ER, the tequila. <laughs> so tequila is <laughs> from the country of Mexico and specifically uh, near this state. Um, of both Jalisco and Guadalajara. There's actually a a city called Tequila. And here's a little factoid, that tequilas are mezcals, but mezcals aren't tequila. Because tequila is a, whoa, tequila is a type of mezcal. Tequila is made specifically from the blue agave plant. And those are kind of like the big, they look like giant aloe vera cactuses. And then Mm. the fruit, is called the piña, which kind of looks like a pineapple, and much of the harvesting of the agave plants is still done by human labor and not wow. not like you know high-end factory farm machinery. So this is a very laborious practice. It's it's very very, it's pretty old in terms of spirits. And here's what apparently what happened: there was uh some kind of drink that they used to have called pulche or something and then uh during like mid 1600s during the time when spanish conquistadores came over right Mm -hmm. and pillaged the cities and were like this is ours now yes um apparently they ran out of brandy and they used this particular process they started fermenting and distilling their own liquor out of what they had there. And in oh this God. case was, and that's sort of how tequila may or may not have been born. Really? Mm-hmm. And then it was about 100 years later, then they started to, you know, actually make tequila and, and started around, you know, like seventeen, eighteen, 18, under, you know, mid, then they were like, oh, this is another type of liquor, liquor. Totally. right? So, and then it was, of course, exported and... Yada yada Suddenly yada. Our college, <laughs> yeah. we're wasting on. away you're a margarita. And Jimmy Buffett is now making billions of dollars off of
2: <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. The Jimmy Buffett 2020.
1: And now, uh, okay, sorry to, to interrupt myself. Go ahead. Oh, were you gonna say something?
2: No, I was just gonna mention how Jimmy Buffett will probably be president because you yep. know the world is a flaming hot garbage
1: pile. But yeah. no, go ahead, please. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> kind of is actually, uh, but. The one question that people always ask when and I used to bartend is like, Oh, the tequilas, what's the difference between the the blanco, the silver, and the reposado and the añejo? Very good question. It's Thank a very you.
2: good question, Mr. Very mister. good
1: question. I forget sometimes too. So silver or blanco is just the pure expression of the agave plant. This type of tequila, after it's been distilled, can be aged in a variety of you know, of it can be like stainless steel, it can be in white oak. Uh, which is traditional for tequila, uh, but it is not aged. So that's the whole point, that's just sort of, it goes right from there to the cask, and then uh, so basically less than two months. Now, Reposado is the next level, and those are usually kind of slightly ambery looking, and Mm -hmm. those are tequilas that are, the word means rested reposado, oh. right? So it is a minimum of two months and no more than one year. That This is like Mexico law, so don't...
2: Right, it's like the DOC, like... Exactly, like, don't... With wine or anything else. Don't
1: fuck with the Mexican law.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, so, and then after that, it becomes their third category, which is called añejo, mm-hmm. which means old, aged, whatever. Uh, and that is uh, a minimum of one year and apparently no more than three years. And I think in 2006, they made a, the... The Tequila Masters of Mexico, <laughs> as I call them, <laughs> <laughs> uh, made a extra añejo category. So there's technically right. four, and that's more than three years. Okay. Uh, so I guess to make a long story short, is that there's just if you like a clean taste, go with the with the blanco, and then of course the añejo. They're aged in white oak, so it, right. it sort of takes on the characteristics that whiskey would yeah, take on. Totally, and that's why they're darker. And they have like vanilla flavors. I like the, I like Blancos.
2: I like Blancos too and Reposados. So you're saying like if you want to just have something kind of really like entry level but easy to drink, you'd go with a Blanco. If you want to like sleep with a stranger in the back of a pickup truck, you'd go with like an extra Añejo.
1: And if you want to meet the man of your dreams that owns a yacht and is a trader, drink champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be a clown. <laughs> Be a clown for his child's birthday party and Yay! drink on you yeah. so oh, that's Tying
2: but yeah <laughs> that's basically funny. so
1: those in <laughs> terms i mean we could go again tequila good habits i think they do have their own podcast and yeah there's a lot of like you know the distillation process and alcohol process and the flavors that they use but and there's a really you know again mezcals are really popular right now and they are similar but not the same as tequila right. uh so just just to get this clear we yeah. are we're talking about tequila here.
2: This is the Tequila Show. Mezcal, see your way out. Please mm-hmm. use the back door. So, uh, should we take a quick break and hear from I our sponsors? Think we should
1: quick take a break because I'm going to slam a couple shots and okay, we'll be back at, after these messages.
2: Okay, bye.
0: This episode is brought to you by Tillit, the style leader in hotel and restaurant uniforms. Tillet is redefining workwear for the hospitality industry, ensuring that you and your team feel great from stove to street. Tillit is a full line of workwear clothing from pants to work shirts, chef aprons, jackets, dresses, chef coats, and more, with over 95% of their garments produced in the USA. Each hotel and chefwear collection is timed with the seasons comprised of exceptional functional fabrics and built to last custom uniforms can be tailored for your restaurant, hotel or store. Learn more at tillitnyc.com that's T I L I T N Y C.com.
1: Are you enjoying this podcast?
0: Heritage radio network
3: has plenty more.
1: I'm Patrick Martins. I'm Brandon Hoy.
3: And I'm Emily Pearson. Together we host the main course OG where we cover food news and culture. Browse episodes of The Main Course OG wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org.
2: And they're back.
1: Oh, my God. The gruesome twosome. Well, I went to (laughs) grab a bottle of tequila here in the studio, and they're all empty.
2: What about that Don Julio? It's empty. What is it doing there? Don Julio Reposado. Uh, excuse me. May, uh, room service. Yes? This is unacceptable. We have empty bottles at the bar here at Heritage Radio. We are... Didn't we put in our rider that we need all full bottles of liquor?
1: Yeah. Well, I think somebody drank it all.
2: Somebody's getting fired. Matt. Jeet. Somebody. Somebody explain themselves. So anyway, my topic for today is uh, a drink that we are drinking right now, which I never drink, mostly because I'm not a fan of... Of orange juice. Yeah, that's right. I said to people, I don't like orange juice. Call me.
1: We're not going to talk about the typical drink, Margarita, because we all know what that is. Right. A margarita um, is Although, did us. you know that apparently the Margarita came from a drink called the Daisy? No. Did you hear about this? I didn't. came It was like lime on and... I don't know. There was... A, I just was re- doing some research and it's a very similar drink and then, I don't know, somebody changed it. Margarita means Daisy. Does
2: it Does not have an interesting that's story? That's the
1: word. Like, that's the... Right, right. So, they just copied the drink and... Huh tequila in it and you're like, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I love a margarita. It may be my number one favorite drink. And a this, lot of people see yeah. What we're drinking right now may be my number like 150. I really don't like it. There's grenadine. So this recipe that so we're, we're super drinking,
1: pa- <laughs> we're super passionate about yeah, this story. Yeah, this
2: is a great story. No, actually it is a great story. It's pretty fun <laughs> and it takes a lot of twists and turns. So the the drink as we know it today which was created in the 70s I'll get back to that in a second is tequila OJ grenadine and garnish with a cherry and a lime.
1: The tequila sunrise. I think of. Uh, Caribbean cruises. I think of uh,
2: Jimmy Buffett for president. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Buffett for president,
1: twenty twenty four. I think. Uh,
2: yeah. lots I think of, of lots of
1: blonde women with fake blonde hair, totally, and just enjoying themselves on a.
2: Absolutely, yeah. a bunch of cornballs who like go to Jamaica or like Cancun, but they like don't like experience any of the culture. They kind of just stay right in the resort, and they're all wearing those like weird Crocs.
1: You know, I bartended for many years, on and off, and I think, you know, even in the last ten years, there was a specific type of person, like one out of every four hundred customers would ask for a tequila sunrise, and I'd always be like, um, uh, like, like let's see, red, yeah, plank. red, orange, and tequila. I was like, and I would put whatever like was available, and nobody <laughs> knew just, or cared the difference. Like,
2: that's funny. That's like when I used to bartend <clears throat> at Black Door. Uh, people would come in and ask for crazy things. They're like, let me get a four horseman of the apocalypse or like, a, a buttery back of my knee. And I'm like, perfect. And I would just hand them a shot of Jameson. Like anything that wasn't a pure shot. Like if someone asked me for like a, a slippery ding dong, I was like, great, here you go. Here's your slippery ding dong. They're like, this is just whiskey. I, like, I asked for a slippery
1: nipple. Yeah. But like, it's like the same thing, but it has it aged. <laughs> <laughs> this is our version. Yeah,
2: it's just Jameson. That's going to be $25. Thank Hi. you. Of the voluptuous Volvo, please. <laughs> Please write in with your favorite weird shots. Um, okay, so the history of the uh, tequila sunrise is actually pretty interesting. So the original well, drink, right which right. was corre- co- concocted in the 1930s, there's two different origin stories. One says that it was co- uh, concocted at the Arizona Biltmore Hotel and created by a gentleman by the name of Gene. I'm sorry, but his name is, like, Slut It.
1: Okay. Okay. James Gene <laughs> Slut It. <laughs>
2: Also, I got all my information from Wikipedia and (laughs) Tales of the Cocktails. So take it up with them. And the original recipe actually sounds delicious. It was tequila, cassis, lime juice, and soda water.
1: Wait, why aren't we making those more often? I have no clue. I don't know
2: why. I mean, I do know why, actually. I'll tell you in a second why. The second uh, theory of where it came from is that it was invented at the Agua Caliente, a huge prohibition-era resort in Tijuana, where, quote, it was a place where people from Southern California could go drink, gamble, bet on the horses, have a a bet on the track, a hotel, a casino, all the Hollywood people would fly down there.
1: Oh, my God. How
2: fabulous. Can you picture it? Clark Gable on a horse drinking a tequila sunrise? Wait, how could they they even have
1: airplanes in the 1920s? 40s. Oh, forties, yes, forties.
2: Aviation was yeah, all the yeah. rage. So maybe you'd take the train. Perhaps you'd go in a buggy.
1: That's like what we're gonna have in <laughs> twenty more years. We're like, we're just flying into space. Have you heard of SpaceX?
2: <laughs> have you heard of my portable wings? You just like take flight, like.
1: Whoosh. Yeah, it's gonna, it's happening, folks.
2: I'll be dead by then for sure. So anyway, uh, very glamorous br- beginnings. I think of like prohibition era. Uh, hotels just sounds so cool. But I guess pl- we we're right. Prohibition was in the 30s. Yeah, 20s. In the 20s. Yeah, I just told. Uh, Something's wrong 20, about yeah. that. Tales of the Cocktail. Call us.
1: Sorry to. <laughs> You're on
2: blast. Anyway, yeah. you get the point. It was uh, a. Maybe they just didn't fly.
1: Maybe they just went down there. It's not far from California. Yeah, I, mean, they probably I, d- I didn't just- say fly. Oh, you just okay. Well.
2: I—that's the whole problem. You—you weren't listening.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, this podcast is live, and this I shall ever, sucks. and I will go back and rewind and listen to that. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, so be it.
2: I hate Bretton and Zara. They don't know anything. Um, all right. So listen, people. Let's get back on track here. So the more ver, more more modern version of the cocktail was created in the 1970s by Bobby Lozoff and Billy Rice. Uh, they were working at the Trident in Sausalito, California which is just north of San Francisco. Ever heard of it?
1: Yes. yes. So
2: think cheesy 70s bartenders. Everyone is wearing
1: brown we're gonna polyester. We're going to make something real big. We're going to make something real big. It's going to change the world.
2: <laughs> so they do make it. And then there was a private party at the Trident organized by Bill Graham, not to be confused with ma- uh, Uber preacher uh, Billy Graham. But Bill Graham, who was a guy who would organized concerts a lot in the 70s, so he throws this huge party to kick off the Rolling Stones um, Exile on Main Street tour. Classic. And Mick Jagger has one of the tequila sunrises that we're drinking right now, the OJ grenadine version, mm-hmm. and becomes obsessed with it. And they ordered it
1: after his sixth uh, rail of cocaine. Well, I was like, this Yes, this is he's really like, good. This is the most
2: goddamn delicious drink I've ever had. That's
1: Australian. Yeah. Oh, I can't even <laughs> sweep in my chimney. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. That's uh, Cagney. Oh, whoops. Okay.
2: Oh my God, I'm going to pee. Okay. So, anyway. They order them. It becomes the cocktail of the tour of the Exile and Main Street tour. They order them all across the country uh, as they Every go through America. Every hotel we would
1: like to walk into, <laughs> like exactly, past trays of tequila sunrise, cocaine
2: sunrises. and tequila sunrise. So it becomes known as the cocaine and tequila sunrise tour.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, can they you are, imagine? <laughs>
2: But chugging tequila sunrises. The purest doing blow. of
1: Colombian cocaine in the 1970s. Can you
2: imagine, honestly, how much fun that must have been? Like, to be a fly on the wall.
1: Numbed face. Your hangovers weren't as bad, I don't think, back then.
2: No, absolutely not. To be a, a rolled up dollar Con- bill
1: in the nose. <laughs> condoms weren't even like. A, a part kind of, of lifestyle. Them. Yeah, they're like, what are those?
2: Exactly. No, it must have been really amazing. So in 1973, Jose Cuervo picked up on the drink and started marketing it and put the recipe on the back of all of their bottles. And then in that same year, uh, the Eagles recorded on their Desperado album a song that was called Tequila Sunrise. I have a little, a few of the lyrics here for you. Take another shot of courage. Wonder why the right words never come. You just get numb. It's another tequila sunrise. This old world still looks the same. Another frame.
1: Wow. That's not the melody. I've never
2: heard the song. I'm paraphrasing.
1: I felt a very uh, deep emotion. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: exactly. I just had a Desperado. Do you ever see that Seinfeld where, like, Elaine's dating the guy, and his song is Desperado, and every time it comes in, he's like, shh, shh, and he just needs to, like, listen to it alone. You
1: missed that. Yeah,
2: well, go look it up, people. So... Anyway, the 19s and se- 1970s and 80s were a terrible time for cocktails. They were all very sweet, and a lot of people mm-hmm. will argue As I was reading Tales of the Cocktail in this article, that it almost destroyed cocktail culture in America altogether
1: because. It and was ch- such thank God, a God dive. for the Cosmo.
2: Thank <laughs> the Lord. Am I right, ladies? How about a mudslide? Um, so anyway, also this ties back to our uh, brief. Uh, for any like listeners who are really paying attention, you'll remember last week I mentioned Hollywood uh, America sweetheart Raúl Julia whose eyeball had fallen out in an interview with Geraldo Rivera. Um, And then he ate it like a pug. Anyway, here he is again. So, in the 80s, a movie was made called Tequila Sunrise. This is a synopsis. In a seaside California town, best friends Mac, Mel Gibson, and Nick played by Kurt Russell, are on opposite sides of the law. Mac is a former drug dealer trying to clean up his act, while Nick is a high-profile detective trying to take down a Mexican drug lord named Carlos, played by none other than the one-eyed wonder, Raul Julia. Soon, Nick's loyalties are put to the test when he begins an affair with Restaurant restaurateur, Joanne, played by none other than, guess who, America's sweetheart, Michelle Pfeiffer. Worse. A love interest of Max unwittingly leading his friend into a police orchestrated trap. This is Tequila Sunrise.
1: Boom, boom. What's that? The movie? Yes, yeah, the movie. There's a movie called Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, that's
2: what I just fucking said. I, I am
1: sorry, just- <laughs> I lost track there were so many characters and I got confused.
2: There was a movie in the eighties called Tequila Sunrise starring Raul Julia, which I thought was very interesting since I had so randomly mentioned him last week as uh, the well, father it, in the Adam. So family. as
1: you can see, this drink was powerful.
2: It had a lot of it had a lot of uh, pull and swag. Honestly, for a drink that I think I, it has a lot of sugar. It has disgusting. I can't stand it.
1: Well, let's talk really briefly about other well, drinks. I mean, obviously, there's the, there's the margarita, which I think is pure, simpler, and never heard of better. it. Better, yeah, me neither. Apparently, they have them in every corner bar. Uh, but a margarita does it traditionally have triple sec in it? Is it supposed? I can't remember well, the recipe. Uh Cointreau. Cointreau. Uh, which is a triple sec, which is, you know, the orange liqueur, don't get the cheap stuff because it makes it taste cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you have triple sec, then it tastes, that's like a shitty margarita. Better as Cointreau, the best would be Grand Marnier. Exactly.
1: Well, I don't actually don't like Grand Marnier, because it's aged in oak, and it has a, Mm -hmm. it actually kind of takes over the tequila. I've found, I mean, they're both, both high quality. It's a different flavor. It is a not different flavor. It's not bad or worse. Just There's different.
2: actually a very interesting thing called um, Salerno. You know Salerno? It's that blood orange liqueur Yeah, yeah, yeah. from like Sicily. That is very good in a margarita. It is.
1: It's not as, I don't think it's as sugary, which yeah. I guess is the key. I think if people think of when they have a margarita, it's supposed to be sugary, but I actually don't even put sugar in mine, really? especially when you use the liqueur because right. it is sweet. So yeah. why would you add more sugar?
2: I like a well-balanced margarita.
1: Just no grapefruit.
2: If you put orange juice in a margarita, I just want to say this right now to Marty. everybody that is listening. I do not want to be your friend. I don't want to drink your drink. And I don't want to have anything to do with you ever again.
1: Wow. Well, make sure you... Know. Don't
2: do it. It's well. really funny, actually. On uh, FOH, I was listening to their show a couple weeks ago. And somebody had put...
1: That's another podcast, by yes,
2: the Yes. The girls may or may not be a special guest on our show coming up. But um, Lillian was saying that there was a guy who put some orange juice in her gimlet and... Terror ensued also wow. don't put orange juice in a gimlet and a tequila gimlet that yeah, that's it doesn't strange. belong there either. So what are some ways on our chef recommends this week Bretton Scott mm-hmm. or Scott Breton, however you pronounce it um,
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Breton, I, <laughs> Breton. Question mark.
2: Um, how are some ways that you would use tequila at home that are maybe you know, for cleaning, for washing your hair, yeah, yeah, or, like alternate ways.
1: Butt chugging, etc. Yeah. Besides that. Well, in my flask, which you'll often find in my backpack at all times. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot. I went to the Bjork concert, which oh, yes. she put on opera, not to interject and talk about me, but let's talk about me. And I went to the Bjork concert. It was front row center. I could touch her. She was three feet away from me. It's amazing. And I didn't know what to do because I brought a tequila flask mm-hmm. and I... Before she came on stage, obviously, she's right in front of me. And I'm like, I think she would have taken a sip, though, because she encouraged me to dance. Not me, but she was, like, right in front. She's like, and if anybody wants to dance to this last song, please feel free, I don't want to inhibit you. But I'm like, but then I was like, would that be kind of weird if the guy in the front row that was 36 inches from Bjork started? I would be almost, her stage was only two feet higher than my seat. Right. So if I started dancing on stage... I feel like she was gonna. She would have asked me to. Come of course, up on stage I mean, there. look at her I, hair. I got too scared. I was fucking. I was like, it was too intimidating.
2: And then someone in the crowd who like was an arch nemesis, arch nemesis of yours, would looked up and gone.
1: Breden. And I'm like dancing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. To make a long story short, tequila. Other uses besides just to put in your margarita or your, or your gullet, in a flask. So I love one of my very old favorite recipes. Uh, which I've mentioned from a restaurant in Chicago. I used to work at called Selpecom, which is closed, owned by this woman named Priscilla Sackhoff, who lives in Mexico now. She used to have this tequila lime sorbet with serrano mm. chilies, right? So tequila lime sorbet is very easy to make because when you add booze to sorbet, you don't have to worry. It doesn't freeze as thick, so it right. kind of maintains that nice, slushy texture. So you know, you get some water, you get some lime juice, proportions and ratios to be uh put up uh, on google not by me and <laughs> and some sugar and then you just add some tequila and you can even add some contro and then you churn that and then right before you put it in the freezer you stir in some pr- serrano chilies and you let that sit and Ooh. it's like the cleanest hottest and whenever oh. i have a frozen uh dessert that has something heat, you know like a, a chili in it mm-hmm. you have to keep eating it because yeah. it's so hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way. And then another thing that I looked up um, was uh, to cure salmon or tuna with some tequila. Ooh, and yum. you can do this a lot of people, right? You've heard of like a whiskey-aged beef.
2: Right, or like gravlax.
1: Gravlax, right? If you throw like a tablespoon or two of tequila in there with mm-hmm. the bag, you let it marinate overnight for 24 hours, yep. 48 max, whatever. Uh, you could have with that flavor of tequila imparted. And I would use a Blanco because you want that pure, clean flavor. yeah. And then use that with your next, like, tuna CBHA tacos, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: That sounds delicious.
1: delicious. Those were my two ways. What about you? Uh,
2: Well, so at Brucie, we used to do a lot of plays on things that were cocktail inspired. So we would do, like, Negroni braised pig's head. yeah, that's right. Or Negroni short ribs. And it would be, like, the things were braised. So we did the same thing uh, a couple times with, like, I think we did, like, braised pork. And it was, like, margarita pork. So because pork takes well to having, like, sweet and savory. So, if I remember correctly, I think we use like green grapes as like the kind of sweet thing pork shoulder, tequila, lime, lots of orange. Mm, um,
1: That sounds good. What? Orange. Orange
2: zest.
1: Okay, okay. Well, apparently uh, (laughs) apparently you don't ever want to know yourself. (laughs) Orange (laughs)
2: deserves. Sounds like you're
1: running away from yourself.
2: That's true. I hate myself. That's why I put the orange in there. Looking
1: at the woman in
2: In the mirror. We can't sing that anymore. That's not okay.
1: Says who? Some fake documentary maker? I don't believe that. Oh,
2: my God.
1: I don't believe it. I don't care. But go they, ahead. And email us.
2: Okay, fine. Let's move away from Michael yeah, Jackson yeah. for a moment and go on to our top three. Now, we had brevi- uh, previously said we would do our top three this week about top three favorite things with tequila in it, but I actually have a, a question. Do you want to yeah, do yeah. our top three favorite places to get a tequila drink? Maybe Yeah, sure. Or maybe like our top
1: three... I, we can even do different ones. Why don't I do my top three favorite tequilas? Yes. And I'll give you, because I've drank a lot, and I used to work at a tequila perfect. bar, and I used to black get blackout drunk for four years on tequila. Great. And I don't remember which ones I had, so there's no perfect person to tell you the best and worst totally. tequilas. And also, I've had the most expensive ones, obviously, for free. Yeah. Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah. At all of the jobs that no longer let me come back and work for them, because <laughs> I earned my wages basically in tequila. Okay. Uh, Top three favorite tequilas. Okay. Now, there's a lot of different tequilas and a lot of different budgets out there. um, And there's a bottle and a price for everyone. Uh, Probably right now, and I'm trying to think of things that are really easy to get around America or Mm -hmm. maybe even a different country. Uh, I like for like regular margarita making, even for sipping. Like in Mexico, they just take a little shot and you just sip your tequila, right? right? So I do that. I get Casadore's Blanco, mm. love it. Mm. It's twenty-seven bucks a bottle. Um, or my next one is Aerodora's Silver, and you can get that in a one-liter bottle for around 30, 32 bucks. Okay, it'll last you a while. It's really clean. It has a really, it makes a really nice, clean, like wonderful, tasty margarita, uh, and you can also put it in your flask and have four shots in the front row of a Bjork concert Perfect. while security <laughs> stares at you and you have to convince <laughs> them not to kick you out. Uh, my second, and that's kind of like my top bang for the buck, right? Next one, I love, there's one called Chinaco. Chinaco is in the kind of this funny oval bottle and it's Chinaco Reposado. It's, there's three levels. You know, there's the Blanco, the Reposado, and I love the middle one, the Reposado. I don't know what it is. It makes a wonderful margarita. It's super yeah. smooth. It's divine. It's a little bit more expensive at, like, 40 or 45 And then I love another one called Casa Noble Cristal. And I've seen that in places such as Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I just, like... <laughs> in, well, in the Mormon <laughs> mecca of the United States. So the they favorite of Mormons. Uh, but uh, Casanova de Cristal is probably $35, $40 bucks a bottle. Uh-huh. Again, like a little bit more expensive. It's not gonna, you know, at the average cost of a cocktail these days in the United States at $16. You can buy a $35 bottle sure. and, and, you know, $40 bottle. Um, so those are my three favorites. Okay. And... Again, I'm sure I'll have lots of people like what you didn't even mention. Like you didn't talk about. You didn't like yeah. have an añejo. I don't like. I don't love añejos. I think they taste too much like whiskey, and I just yeah. I want it. So yeah,
2: this is your podcast. Yeah, you can so, say whatever you want.
1: There you go. I just said it. Influencer with.
2: Yeah, take L- that, Dad. Less
1: than 100,000 followers on Instagram, but I can still influence.
2: <laughs> You're influencing me. I'm a sure influencer. Right? And our two mothers who are listed, the only people listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Moms, are you influenced, my My mom's friend? like,
1: now, who is tequila? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and my
2: mom's like already drunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Bobby.
2: Um, okay, so I'm going to say my top three margaritas around town that I love. There you go. That I are the it. most delicious. Ooh, this
1: is a good thing to know. I know.
2: So... My number three is at a place called Barrio Chino. Has anyone mm, ever been there? Been there, yeah. It means like what, Chinese neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Okay. Barrio Chino is like an old school place. It's been there forever. It's in the uh, Lower, East Lower East Side, side in yeah. Manhattan. Very small. Just like a, a staple. I haven't been there in years. And it's
1: supposed to be kind of a take on the... the <laughs> there was a thing in New York... And Chinese restaurants used to, like, disguise themselves as, like, Tex-Mex.
2: Oh, I remember that. that.
1: Yeah, back in, like, the 70s. And so you would be like... Oh, my God. They'd be like, quesadilla. And that was the whole point. And then you would go to this little Chinese restaurant that was a Mexican, quote-unquote, before New York had Mexican restaurants. Right. And you'd walk in, and you'd be like, I'll have the quesadilla. But it was, like, a rice... (laughs) It's like a rice crepe... (laughs) Filled with like canned beans and then like <laughs> sriracha. What you've? Oh my God! There's that All was. Right, we have the to hu- look this up. It's they're still around.
2: That's absolutely amazing. Okay,
1: so I think that was so barocino. Love Barriochino. Kind of a take on that.
2: Um, a new favorite that I actually ha- I went to the other a uh, couple months ago that I've really been liking. Oxamoco.
1: Oh yes, in and Green Greenpoint. Point, yes.
2: Really tasty. Very hip,
1: very trendy right very now. Very hip and
2: trendy, but I have to say they back it up. The food is good and the drinks were very delicious. I
1: haven't been. I looked at the guacamole was $17 and I refused to go uh, unless I get a comp meal.
2: Yeah, so if anyone, know, any millionaires out there looking for a strapping young blonde gentleman to take on a date, Brent uh, <laughs> wants to go to Oaks and have two orders of $17 guacamole. I just feel guacamole. like you should
1: just get guacamole. I have, You should, it should be five bucks. Well, I know that sounds sure,
2: weird. Sure, but you know. It, it is what it
1: money. is. I'm already over praying for pro- for cocktails. Like, give me the coffee. yeah.
2: It's very. It was very good. So the guacamole is delicious. Their drinks are beautiful. They have really fun frozen margaritas. Um, and then my number one favorite, mm. fro- also a frozen marg, the Commodore, obviously.
1: The Commodore, Always in yes, for
2: mother freaking ever.
1: I just heard on a different podcast,
2: Commodore in Williamsburg. Uh,
1: yeah, that the frozen margarita mm-hmm. was invented apparently by wearing, I don't know if it was invented by wearing blenders, but wearing blender did this as part of one of their marketing things for Mm -hmm. their blender. Oh wow. And they took the margarita and said, if you put it in this and like, and that's how that was born. I don't know if that's true or false. Did Um, they blend the
2: glass? I'm picturing that was, I was listening
1: to that on Molly Weisenberg's podcast. It's kind of funny now in our world of media, we have a giant game of tele of telephone, and that's why like this whole fake news thing. Because you're like, "Well, I heard on a podcast, and that per- person could have made that up." Oh yeah, this I is may, total I might be making stories.
2: I've never even seen it to be Tequila is I just made. I had a fever dream about this. My name not
1: Breton, and this is not Zara. And <laughs> if you're taking mushrooms, this is not a podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're not even. You're dead.
1: Yeah, you're all dead. My friend Rafael, used to say, "We are. We are all already dead."
2: Well, I love frozen margaritas, dead or alive. And I'm dead serious about that.
1: Well, I'm dead pan on this <laughs> fucking Chinaco Reposalo. I'm telling you, I want to...
2: <laughs> cool, we got to get some of that in. So I just wanted to, like, as you were mentioning earlier in the ah, show yes, you a, about I, Planned Parenthood, I feel like since we do have this uh, little bit of a voice and a small platform to say something, um, you know, I'm sure most people listening to the show on Heritage Radio of all places are pretty much like-minded. But if you're not... Um, I just wanted to mention that I think I, I was reading something the other day, and I, this point really resonated with me. Um, clearly, we stand for choice and women's rights and human rights here. It's very easy to protect the unborn. They're not really real yet. And, like, these are the same people, obviously, who are not really caring so much about a lot of other issues of people who are already alive, right? Healthcare, health um, you know, incarcerated people's rights, trans rights, LGBTQ issues. These are a lot of people who are so for life that don't really care about people who are already alive. And to that, just again, it's very easy to protect people who are un- unborn. It takes a lot more to look inside of yourself and figure out how to actually help people who are already here on Earth, because that takes actually like going outside of your your own comfort zone, mm-hmm. of making any kind of change in your life, of lending a hand or money or anything to help actual real people.
1: Do you think? I have a weird question. Do you think if we, you know how in other countries when they're like, oh gosh, if you get caught stealing, then you get your hand the first time you get your hand chopped off. And then, of course, some unlucky people get their hand chopped off and then it sends a signal, and the rest of us are like, no, 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 really. Like, don't steal that pack of gum because you will not have a hand. And so then their fear is really distilled Mm. inside of us. If you, what if we started like chopping off dicks,
2: penises? And
1: then, like, that sent the message, be like, no, 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 no. Right. Do you understand? Like, as soon as this is done, you're going to get caught, especially now because of I I mean, and with
2: like rapists. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. should we just
1: start chopping off wieners sure. and be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry." That's
2: fine. We could just chop them off, no matter what. Just as soon as a baby is born, to avoid any further complication down the line.
1: And Game of Thrones. I yeah. mean, they chop off a lot of dicks there. Totally, perfect. That happens. Everyone, but, your dicks. We're coming so that's free. like a way to, before you know, let's before we talk about abortion. This, like, you know, right. oh. And then, I don't know, man. Anyway, what a crazy, what a crazy What world. a crazy
2: time. But I think it's just important to remember that, like, you know, we ha- we all have within us, whether it's this issue or another issue, we have a voice. And we have in this country choice and we have an, and choice is something that should really be appreciated because it goes for everyone right so pro-choice is just a, a extension of everyone's right to be a free person and to like live their lives in a way you only get this one little bit of time exactly having an abortion is a horrible thing I had one it was terrible it was really difficult and nobody just does it for fun so respect the women around you in your life and trans women and non-conforming women and men and just respect human beings and their Mm -hmm. right to exist and do what you can donate to different places, donate your time, donate your money, your efforts, your good intentions, text someone, you know, who's had an abortion, text your mom, whatever, just do something to participate because this is very serious human rights violations and we need to be serious about it. Um, That being said,
1: we also have the choice to have a different tequila. We have a And choice. we have the choice Did to drink have... responsibly. We definitely I forgot to mention that. should do that.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, that's true.
1: That's under, Drink that's responsibly. Next. That's, <laughs> we'll talk about that during our sobriety session of the next three. <laughs> totally. So
2: thanks for uh, listening to that. More, I know we're really silly and hilarious on this show most of the time, but, you know, every one, once and then we have to lay it down for realsies. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and that you're drunk and happy and that's full. That's right.
1: And just remember, if you make a tequila sunrise... Do it with the old school. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell Uh, you. If you make it to tune
2: in next week to find out the answer to those questions and more here only on Life's Banquet on Heritage Radio Network. Brett and Scott.
1: Signing off.
2: Hasta la pasta.